Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. Brian is back this episode as we continue our continuously ongoing coverage of Thanos, the Infinity Revelation, part 4 of 20. Uh, but this time we actually made some headway into the story. We made a lot of headway into the story. We made so much headway we forgot to do anything like make a introduction or introduce ourselves or anything like that. So here's the introduction right now. I'm going to play a recap in a second, and it's actually going to be the same recap as last time, because, well, last time after the recap, we only covered, what, two pages? Not much else more happened. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to right back into me and Brian talking about the story. So let's go. Infinity and Eternity are told by the Living Tribunal that the universe is going to undergo ecumenical transfiguration. That is, it is going to change. None of them are happy about it, or who's supposed to be at the center of it. Meanwhile, Thanos has noticed that something is off with both himself and the universe, and after a failed attempt to discuss this with Drax the Destroyer, breaks into the palace of his ex, Mistress Death, in order to use the Infinity Well. To his surprise, Death is okay from doing that, but asks him to take a certain spirit back with him. Back on his own ship, Thanos ponders what he saw in the well, which was a mysterious box and a sequence of 35 numbers. While trying to work this out, the spirit he brought back has managed to form a physical body for itself, and Adam Warlock is reborn. Adam comes to, and we see, but the characters do not seem to notice, that his costume seems to shift back and forth from the last outfit he wore as part of the Guardians of the Galaxy and a new one. Thanos fills him in on the imbalance he feels in his quest. Meanwhile, the Silver Surfer feels this wrongness as well, and traces it back to an ancient and abandoned planet. Abandoned, except for the remains of an archaeological dig and the lone stoned caretaker. Beneath the surface, the Surfer finds a large, strange cosmic item. While this is happening, Thanos has traveled to the Badoon homeworld, where his computer has located the box he is trying to find. It is one of the Badoon's most holy relics, and Thanos is able to acquire it with his normal amount of diplomacy intact. On Thanos' ship, Adam realizes the numbers need to be broken up, and they turn out to be galactic coordinates. While they travel these coordinates, Adam and Thanos have a brief chat about Thanos' recent exploits and mental state. The coordinates take them to the same planet the Silver Surfer found. There, they find Icon of the Space Knights, and after taking her out, find themselves under attack by her team, made up of Ronan the Accuser, Gladiator, Better Ray Bill, and Quasar, the Annihilators. The Ultraverse Network begins now. Over 20 years ago, Malibu Comics debuted The Ultraverse. It may not have lasted long, but the creativity and quality of its titles and creators caught many readers' imaginations when it first appeared and in the years since. This network of fans celebrates the fun and excitement of The Ultraverse and its awesome writers, artists, and characters. Featuring three ongoing podcasts covering a variety of topics, including Nightman and Solitaire, our blog will feature regular coverage of The Strangers, Sludge, Firearm, Ultra Force, and all your other favorites. Look for Ultraverse Network on iTunes and visit our website at ultraversepodcast.com. We are giving Ultraverse fandom a jumpstart. Things. So as if, if the digital memory on my digital device here is accurate, we left off at the big two-page spread where the Annihilators come in. And it was, it was blowing my mind because as we've covered on the past, you know, eight or nine episodes of the Thanos uh, original graphic novel <laughs> podcast, 
of uh, Resurrections, the Thanos the Infinity Revelation podcast. <laughs> Episode 25. Episode Today we'll 25. be covering pages 30 and 31. And 31, amongst many <laughs> other things having nothing to do with the graphic novel whatsoever. But if uh, I recall from previous episodes correctly, or as you will, as the listener will recall, I, I missed a lot of the lead-up here. Um, you know, it's like I'm familiar with bits and pieces, but I haven't uh, 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 read everything leading up to it. So a lot of groundwork-type issues like Marvel The End or uh, bits of the Infinity Trilogy from the early 90s, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just haven't uh, uh, read yet. So the reason I say that is be just to remind everybody that we got to this two-page spread here and that I was all sorts of weirded out and nonplussed because um, you've got Quasar and Beta Ray Bill who uh, show up, who are putative good guys. And at the same time, you've got uh, Gladiator and Ronan the Accuser, who are putative bad guys. Well, Gladiator less so than Ronan. I'm sorry. I see most of my my exposure to Gladiator has been... Well, you say Gladiator more than Ronin? Because I'm saying Ronin more than Gladiator. Okay, than because I was because I was going to say most of my exposure to Gladiator has been the Dark Phoenix uh, stuff, or I'm sorry, the Phoenix stuff with the Umcron Crystal back in the uh, uh, late '70s X-Men, and uh, the recent trial of Jean Grey uh, that took place, uh, the crossover between all new X-Men and Guardians of the Galaxy, and basically 100 percent of the time that he's on screen, Gladiator is an enormous dick. Oh, no, I wasn't, actually the words I was going to say exactly is that (laughs) Gladiator is a dick a lot. And in fact, Gladiator is now officially on the dick list because we haven't had had anyone on the dick list in a while. Oh, that's true. We haven't, no one's been added to the dick list in a few episodes. So we are adding Gladiator. Gladiator. in general, because he is. Because he is. Oh my God. But he is not a bad guy. He serves the Empire. Yeah, the no, okay. And if he he is loyal and he follows his orders, he is a good soldier. So if his empire is well, we're going over after this person and we're taking them out. That's what he does. And if he's told, "Hey, uh, scrolls are attacking Earth again. Stop them and protect the Earth." No problem. He'll go do that. You, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm using bad guy in the sense that his status as a dick has led him to be in the adversary role more often than not in my yes. reading. He's 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 all he's often opposing those that we as readers yes. are led to regard as good guys. So therefore, you know, if you're not with us, you're against but us. He's it's not, a very he's not so evil. He is not so much evil as in like you know, I want to kill babies no, and no, put no, them no. on right, spikes. Right, right, not not like Ronan, who will, uh, who will, who will. In, uh... Ronan's very interesting because Ronan is, the, is similar but different because Ronan is in the same job, but more often than not, the Cree, the Cree as a whole, are, are villains. Are villains? Yes. You know, the Shi'ar they... are a little more ambiguous. Yes, yes. It all depends on who's in charge, and even then, it all depends on. What yeah, even, is more beneficial to the Empire? But the Shi'ar, even Lalandra has been a dick on occasion, yes, and she's but you know the Shi'ar are usually a little bit more benevolent. Yeah, in like they're they're more they they still will go with okay, this is better for us, but do we really want to do this? Is this too horrible a thing for us to do? Yes or no? The Kree are just screw you, we're doing this right, exactly. You know, and you are not Kree, and therefore we can do whatever you will. And that sort of racial you know purity. Uh, uh, um, Sort of uh, my my country right or wrong in 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 my conception that's always going to make you the bad guys that, the, except for Marvel the Cree have and, yes and and for one very interesting period in the late nineties uh, the Supreme Intelligence 
Because um, remember, there was that. I don't know if you ever read the whole live, career, die thing that happened around the time of Busiek's uh, Avengers reboot in 98, 99. I did. You know, that's like one of the issues that's like a blind spot for me that I don't remember. Like, there are issues I, like storylines I remember a lot for that one. Yeah, there was this whole. I remember the initial three with them coming back, and I remember the Ultron. Right. And the Kang stuff. I haven't like, gotten to the Ultron uh, Imperative yet, but, or the Ultra, uh, uh, Ultron uh, Unlimited yet. One of the best pages ever. Oh, I know. Everyone, I've, that's the reason I want to read it, because I've seen reference so you've many seen places. The Avengers, uh, if uh, the Ultron, cartoon? we would have words with V. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Like, the best line Thor ever got, yes. you know? But this but is the, like one of the stories. I'm like, I know I read it. I know I was reading the book. It, the I basic, don't the basic outline, and I only bring it up uh, to, in, in, towards uh, towards uh, uh, putting in uh, Ronan and his place in the Kree Empire. But um, the whole idea was that the Kree Empire had been destroyed. They're like the Kree homeworld had been destroyed or infected or, or uh, Operation Galactic Storm. Okay, was that what that was? I didn't. Re- I it haven't read that Kree, yet either. It was a Kree Shi'ar war, and okay. the Shi'ar actually not only decimated or even worse the Kree, uh-huh. but they annexed it. Okay. They took so, it over. So basically, the Kree Empire is no more. The Supreme Intelligence still exists and is basically on Earth, like being held it's on hiding, Earth. hiding, yeah. Hiding on Earth. And this bunch of Kree fanatics turn up and decide that they are going to basically turn Earth into the new Kree homeworld and the the seat of the new Kree Empire. Oh, okay. And they keep saying, and we're doing this for, this, for you, Supreme Intelligence. We are your loyal servants. The Supreme Intelligence is... Fuck all y'all. I'm not down with any of this. Stop. And they're like, no, we know what you really want. And they're just fanatics. Yeah, well, yeah but so, it's also because he just, he is so like chess master plan ahead. I mean, the Korean yeah. intelligence let the whole bombing, the Supreme Intelligence let that whole, they were attacked with a nega bomb. Right. And he, which destroyed like most of the empire, and he let it happen. Yeah, well, no, I agree with that. Because he wanted My them to evolve, be able to evolve. They were that genetically stretch, stuck. For that brief stretch of live, career, die, and then him, he carried over, like that led directly into the beginning of the Avengers Forever miniseries. Yes, I remember where him he in was that. in the blue area of the moon, and he was helping out, you know, Rick Jones. Oh, I remember and, him and Rick Jones and Kang on like the big motorcycle. <laughs> he had, he, for that brief sort of period there in 98, 99, um, he was goodish. The the supreme intelligence was far less dickish than the rest of his race. So that's the only reason I bring it up. But Ronan has always struck me as like I'm not only going to do whatever is in the best interest of the Kree Empire. I am going to find the most like destructive and and combative and 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 evil way to do it. And I'm going Normally, to enjoy doing it like yes. that. This is basically... Ronan got a little bit of a change after Annihilation. During Annihilation. Okay. I think Ronan... Because he had one of the miniseries during that. Yeah. I think... I, I don't remember. No, he did. He I did. did. The, okay. the Annihilation both miniseries were Ronan, Super Scroll, uh, Nova... Yes, cause, uh, okay, because I remember definitely Super Scroll did. Because right. both of them actually... Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of a... Huh. Like a little bit of a, not not like a complete turn where all of a sudden we're good guys mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but just kind of a little bit of a twist on them going, all right, neither one of them are actually as much of a dick as we've shown them to be. Exactly. And at least they present them with a bit more honor. Yeah. And, and so a little they, more they, nuance. So yeah, a little bit of nuance and a little bit more honor. So it makes them better, you know, they're not just, I'm the super scroll and I'm evil, but you kind of, you can, you know, even though you want to, the other guy, let's say, to oppose him next time you yeah. see him, you kind of get where the scroll's coming from a bit no, more. No, absolutely. And I'm good with that. And that actually brings Put him a bit us... more like Magneto was years ago with the X-Men, where he was, you know, like around uh, when Claremont was doing the X-Men before Magneto joined. Right, exactly. Where you got a bit more of, I want the X-Men to beat Magneto, but I really am not 100% against I Magneto's I had actually goals. just read. More his methods than his goals. I actually had just read uh, X uh, within the last month. 
uh, just read X Men 150. That's the ex- uh, from 1981, which was the issue that basically turned it all around and turned Magneto from a would be world conquering adversary that must be defeated at all costs to a more three dimensional character. Even though he's still trying to nuke countries. No, right. But that was the issue like that said, did it. it and I just read that for the goals, first time, but not his methods. Right. And it's similar. Annihilation kind of does similar stuff with Ronin and the Scroll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and that brings us nicely back to the Infinity Revelation, which is supposedly what we're supposed to be talking about. Well, Man, are we are we good at this or what? <laughs> but uh, that brings us back to this because that's one of the themes that we have been exploring, and and uh, is is how this graphic novel, along with a lot of the other stuff that Starlin's been doing for Marvel recently, really is doing that same sort of thing. Not necessarily a rehabilitation, but certainly a nuancing and a deepening of the portrayal of the character of Thanos. Yes. So, anyway, so that, I think, uh, is... is is So we, now we've got this two-page spread. We've got Thanos on his uh, Infinity Gauntlet-era uh, flying throne thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, Which I love when he has that. Yeah, I know, because that's just, like, total, like, uber, uber villain kind of thing, you it's, know? He's evil Metron from the New Gods. Yes, Metron has his Mobius chair. He has his, I don't know. Uh, you know, and that makes a lot of sense, it's actually, Thanos because board. Thanos has always drawn. I, I, Starling can deny it until he's blue in the face, but Thanos has always felt drawn inspirationally from Darkseid. So any fourth world influence that you get in any Thanos story, to me, is going to be inevitable. How far after Darkseid did Thanos appear? Uh, Darkseid, uh, the Dark fourth Side world 71. stuff was launched in 70 and 71. Uh, the New Gods, all that stuff was 71. Um, Thanos was introduced in Iron Man number 55, which was a 1973 issue. It was so, later. Okay, that's right. So um, I think it was July 1973, which if I'm absolutely accurate about that, I am appalled that I'm holding that information in my brain. I, am, and <laughs> I think it's awesome. But okay, so and I can definitely see that. And- <laughs> Everyone can see that. It's, and there's nothing wrong with being inspired no, by No, 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 right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Dark Side go in similar ways and in completely different ways. Right, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. I'm it's just saying a, if you're telling a Thanos story and something that reminds you of the new gods or the forever people turns up, well, then I'm going to say, well, of course, duh. You know, that's yeah. all I'm saying. So, you know? Yeah, but so he goes up against Gladiator. He goes up against Gladiator first because Gladiator is, out of these people, I'd say, the most dangerous, the yes. most powerful. Because he is... Pre-crisis on the Infinite Earths, Superman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is. I mean, I mean, literally. That's Cock- Dave Cockrum said. That's, that's true. That is absolutely Dave true. Dave said the Imperial Guard was based on Superboy and the Legion. The of same way that the Squadron Supreme was supposed to be the JLA, um, yes. the uh, uh, Shi'ar Imperial Guard was based on the Legion of Superheroes. Because, although I didn't know the Legion of Superheroes well enough to make any one-to-one correlations. Oh but, yeah, yeah. If we ever so see that, you're I saying can show so you. you're saying that Gladiator was Superboy? Yes. Okay. Look even at the chest symbol thing. Yeah. He yeah. even has the thing for the. Super. And the cape and all that. And the yeah. fact what his powers are. He basically is the pre, you know, the old Superman from the 70s. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Co- Cockrum, when he created this uh, Imperial Guard and the X-Men, he had just come off doing Legion of Superheroes. Right, exactly. And a number of the things that came both to both the X-Men and the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, as I re- was uh, told, were actually st- ideas, character ideas that Cockrum had come up with for Legion of Superheroes. Yes. That um, uh, uh, the editor at the time, Schwartz, was it Julius Schwartz? Maybe. Had, uh, I forget who the other had, had rejected, basically. Yes. Nightcrawler is one of them. Uh, there were one or two characters. Schwartz or Bridwell. I can't remember if it was uh, Schwartz Maybe Bridwell. or Bridwell. I know he was involved with it a lot, too. But I can't I know this, All I know is a post-Weisinger, so. But uh, I know Nightcrawler. Carl is one of them. Mm-hmm. I know there was also uh, two characters. One, I think he called the Black Cat, who was mm-hmm. a woman, and she had a twin brother, Typhoon, who controlled okay. weather. And she kind of combined. Sort of those to big storm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that came from. Yep. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if the idea for Colossus came from Ferrolad, who was a member of the Legion, who okay. Jim Shooter created, who was also one of the first, very first characters, at least I know of, in, in the Silver Age, to die mm-hmm. and stay dead. He was there for less than a year. Mm-hmm. He could turn into iron. Mm-hmm. That was his power. So he basically had Colossus-type powers. Mm-hmm. And then he died when less than a year later. and um, Hasn't come back since? Not, not least, even not until after um, zero hour oh, okay. when they rebooted the legion and restarted it and okay. then he joined then they had him join again because I would have thought he would have come back with the metal men but that's just me yeah well he was <laughs> a thousand years in the future of the metal men that's true but yeah no it's like he was one of the first ones to actually die and stay dead gotcha you know well before uh, well main character at least mm-hmm. you know well before Gwen Stacy <laughs> yes yes who. Is, is, is even that's getting a little undone with uh, with Spider Verse now and Spider Gwen, but you know, I know, but I like Spider Gwen. Oh, everybody loves. That's the funny thing. Here's here's what. Okay, complete tangent. It's not and Gwen, I'm sorry, so I'm doing it, this. Bring her back. But can I can I can I just ask your opinion? This is completely. This is actually more appropriate for four color fanboys. But I'm going to ask you here, okay. anyway, and you can cut this out if you want. But I'll probably for, go for, cat. for I remember when when Spider when Edge of Spider Verse number two was published and Spider Gwen had uh, finally made her first appearance. Spider-Gwen, I, I was already suffering from a bit of Spider-Gwen fatigue because between various website forums, news articles, and Twitter, the amount of love and, and devotion that had been expressed for Spider-Gwen up until that point for a couple of months, actually, including down to, like, high, like, like, public, well-publicized on, on the internet, like, Spider-Gwen cosplays at various conventions, and I'm thinking was, where did that, like, devotion come from before the character had even debuted? Were they just completely thrilled that the... I don't know, maybe she... Be, did, is that her first appearance? That is that's absolutely her first appearance. Because <clears throat> I, I think I'm just... no idea, because that's the, the first I knew of Spider-Gwen, mm-hmm. was opening up Edge of Spider-Verse number two no. and reading it. That's See, the, the first pre- I saw or heard of her, and I went... I had I like seen this. I had seen a lot of publicity leading up to the introduction in comic book resources um, on IO9 and in I various. Must have uh, yeah, and <laughs> and also um, following Dan Slott's Twitter feed, he retweeted a lot of you know various articles and 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 photos consisting of basically Spider Gwen Squee, ah. and and I was just wondering were people just like ooh a female Spider Man like that's a new thing unlike and the they, three we already have you know right or is it like ooh you know Gwen gets to be Spider Man because she should have been all along or something you know like I'm just wondering if there was like some retroactive like you know Peter should have died not Gwen or something like that going on or I don't know I don't know I think it's just kind of um nostalgia type thing especially for a character that a lot of people probably wasn't reading originally mm-hmm. even though for a lot of times when that happens it, the similar thing happened with like Barry Allen the Flash after he died and like years later people were like 30 years later people were like wow why we should wish you had Barry around even mm-hmm. though they never read it and it's like you do realize Barry actually wasn't the most interesting of characters he was yeah. kind of dull and <laughs> honestly like you read nostalgia those I mean I like those old issues of Spider-Man but Gwen is not the most interesting character she wasn't but apparently apparently the Gwen nice thing about it is of, Gwen was very pretty that, that Gwen was more pretty than interesting right Mary Jane was pretty and interesting and music. interesting which she is why I always characterization I always I, which is I always dug her that Gwen's said, characterization kind of came in Retrospect. In, Same in thing hindsight. with Barry Allen. Mark Wade gave him, and you know, whenever you do flashbacks to it, Mark Wade gave him more personality than he originally had, and I think it's something similar with Gwen. And I think the and the nice thing about Spider Gwen is is that much like uh, G. Willow Wilson's Miss Marvel or Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, the um, the story actually did live up to the hype. Spider Gwen was awesome. I did love it, and. Yes. 
I at this point I'm along. I'm right there along with everybody else. Which is if Spider Gwen does not survive Spider Verse, we riot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. She's one of my list of few that need to survive. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. But anyway, that's neither Her here por- nor there. Porker. <laughs> Porker's dying, man. I I'm putting money. Porker dies. Oh, no, Spider no. Ham got, dies. I don't know because I think he's. And it's going to be a ridiculously over the top melodramatic like like. Um, like Dark Phoenix level death, but he's dying. I don't know. I think he's having too much fun with Peter Porker to let it. I think he's like there's too. I think it looks like he's mining more out of Porker than he thought. Maybe. And I think he's like I don't know if I need to if I have to kill if I'm going to kill him because I can get more out of him by keeping him alive. As oh, opposed maybe. to let's say this other one where I can get only so much out of him, so I can kill him because that's all I can get out of him. And right. but this guy here's here's. Okay, here's my here's my theory. You heard it here first. Spider Ham does survive. Spider Ham and Spider Gwen are the only two uh, uh, Spider Men besides Peter who survive Spider Verse. So therefore, Spider Ham has to take over as the new Spider Man 2099. Because <laughs> I was about to say, what about the other characters out of our own books? What about Spider Woman? <laughs> no, no, no. Because so, I, I was just thinking to myself, what happens to Spider Man 2099? Porker takes over. There you go. I figured it all out. Peter Porker, Spider-Ham 2099. The Spectacular Spider-Ham 2099. Yes, exactly. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I would happen. read the crap out of it. Anyway, back to Thanos. So, oh my yes. god, we, we, you and me, Al. <laughs> you and me, dude. Oh, so, moly. Anyway, Gladiator versus Thanos. I like, Thanos is smart. Mm-hmm. I don't need to fight you, because you're a pain in the ass. Yes. <laughs> and you're, boom, teleport you away a couple hundred thousand, a couple hundred light years. Yeah. Yeah, no, seriously, it's like, that's genius, you know? It's like, why would I fight you? He's like, fight me, Thanos! No, why would I fight you? Stop it, go away! That's what, that's, that's the best thing about that. Thanos is like, sorry to disappoint you, teleporting you some 200 light years away should dispose of your annoying presence temporarily. Just it's for like, a little bit. Like, he gives him the respect of like, oh, I know you'll be back, but I'm not punching you! Like I said, he is the original, <laughs> he is pre-Silver Age Superman. Yeah. He can juggle planets, mm-hmm. okay? He is pretty much one of the... Most powerful beings in the universe. There are a few other ones who are not, you know, who is not an abstract entity. Okay. And I'm including Galactus in that, even though Galactus is more physical than the other ones, but Galactus is up there. Yeah. He is one of the more powerful. Of course, one of the other, one of the few more powerful than him is on this team. He just yeah. hasn't come back yet. Uh huh. True. Now, th- here's where Starlin falls down a little bit because at the bottom of this page we have a uh, uh, Beta Ray Bill. And just the way he comes off is very generic. He's just like, then face the might of mystical Stormbreaker Titan. And it's like, okay, cool. Cool visual, because I love Beta Ray Bill and I love Stormbreaker. And man, you know, if you haven't read those issues of Walt Simonson's Thor run yet, do so because they are awesome. But again, when you read those, you get a sense of who Bill is. Here, he's just some generic, like... Fighter. Bill's the one he gets the least that, that seems so like Starlin Starlin falls the least down a little, on. But there you go. There it is. And but but Bill does destroy his uh Thanos chair. That's true. That's true, which is a very cool visual. Um And now Thanos uh, will go back to Lazy Boy and get a new one. Yeah, exactly. And Thanos is like and, and it is nice that Thanos does have this look on his face like, huh? Like 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 as his chair is shattered. He's like, around oh crap. Him. Yeah, and he's like, What? you know. And then we got Warlock versus uh Quasar. And, and he's like, I can't believe you allied yourself with that monster. What's going on here? And that is, he has the Quasar, because Quasar is very much the everyman, even though he's, and this the, is co- great. he's the cosmic everyman. He's like, I thought you were, could you talk? Like, But, but I, while he's done I, this, he, he's asking this to a warlock that he is restrained with his um, quantum, bands. quantum bands. And Thanos, who is rapidly taking on the role of like uh, idiotic cliche debunker, 
um, trope debunker, he actually sits there and says, he actually tells Quasar, gagging your captive, because cause there's a quantum band around Warlock's mouth, yes. as Quasar is asking him this question, and so Thanos feels the need to point out to him, gagging your captive makes it rather difficult for him to answer your queries, Quasar. It's like, I love that Thanos has just become this tetchy, sort of low patient, sort of like, oh, Sarcastic. Really? Really, you're you're being this stupid, and in that way, he's almost become the voice of the reader, yes. which is an odd place for Thanos to be in the year 2014. Just saying, but it's amusing. Well, absolutely amusing. But he's in the place of the reader, but he's not. He's in the place of a uh, some readers because um, going <laughs> to be a bit in uh, was it Infinite Crisis? They brought back in DC. They brought back super uh, a version of Superboy, mm-hmm. Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. And they kind of made him the voice of the fanboy trolls. Okay. Everything sucks. Everything you did is horrible. You look stupid. This guy is horrible. You should all die. Mm-hmm. Thanos is not that voice. Mm-hmm. Thanos is more the voice of just... No, no, no. Uh, right, just just a, re- Thanos is just the voice of a reader going, well, he's gagged. Why can't he... Oh, okay. Thanos just said that. Yes. <laughs> Thanos is just like, really? And you're right. That whole like sarcastic, tetchy he's, But he's not being completely, this is stupid and you're a dumb, you're a dumb horse Thor. You should not No, no, exist. no. But I, I just want to point he's out... he's just kind of going a little bit of... And that that sort of thing has a like long said, history a of entertainment. Of I mean, Lord knows Wagner did that in one of his operas back in the 19th century. He did <laughs> he, in one of his operas. He made this absolutely horrible, annoying, evil character. Uh, was actually a very thinly disguised. Uh, it, it, the, the opera, if you're if you're at all interested, the opera is the Meistersingers of Nuremberg, which was the one comedy um, <laughs> that, that Wagner ever did. Everything else was this big, massive mythological drama. But he did this one comedy, um, which was called The Meister Singers of Nuremberg, and it was all about a knight who had to win a singing competition um, to win the hand of this lovely young, of, of the lovely young daughter. And the, the chief judge, who was like evil and wanted to win the woman's hand for himself, so he's planning to sabotage the whole competition, and the chief judge, who in the, in the, in the uh, opera's name is Hans Sachs, was actually a um, very thinly veiled... Um, uh, uh, analog or, or version of this real life uh, magazine critic named Messerbeck or something like that who had just spent his entire career savaging Wagner and Wagner's like you're gonna pick on me here you go here's you as an idiot in my dra- in my opera suck on that so anyway my right. point is doing what they did with Superboy Prime is is that is a long long history yeah, okay this sort of like fourth wall. Almost fourth wall breaking meta commentary is 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 a much more modern phenomenon and is genius in yes. my opinion. And so. I will say one thing though, it works for me because I did read most of the Quasar series from okay. the 90s, and that I could exact. I, I maybe even it happened verbatim. I'm not sure, but I could actually see Quasar doing that from that from what I remember from that run, the mm-hmm. Mark Renault one, mm-hmm. and then going well, and just hearing oh. Sorry, and also like having a little opening open up over the mouth, going sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's something Quasar would do, mm-hmm. and so it fits. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. So now we're now we've got the uh, the fisticuffs. Now now Thanos deigns to engage in fisticuffs, and I think this is awesome because in all the time I've ever seen Beta Ray Bill, he's never had his helmet off. Yeah, and we actually see and him. With Thanos him. actually manages to knock the helmet off with one punch, and. Again, more dry humor on the part of Starlin here because as as he, like it's this giant like he just Thanos just decks Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill is flying away from him, and this is great. This is very dry humor because Thanos says, especially when dealing with an adversary such as uh, oh, he says, um, 
It's wise to keep one's distance if you have the advantage of a weapon like Stormbreaker, especially when dealing with an adversary such as Thanos of Titan. And now as as Beta Ray Bill is taking this punch and flying away, he's just saying very calmly, point taken, Thanos. You know, or point taken, villain. And he chucks Stormbreaker yeah. at Thanos, and Thanos is like... Oh, you also shouldn't listen to the advice of your enemy. Right. No, and that's, but it's like, it's, this is funny. Like, when did Starlin get funny? I know. And you can see, and, and Stormbreaker's flying at Thanos, and uh-huh. he just freezes it. Mm-hmm. And like, this yeah. little force field. And you're, all of a sudden you're going, oh, Thanos planned this. Yes. He hit him, he made, he put this little thing in his brain, you know, uh-huh. he put this little earwig in his head, you know, he said, hey, you know, if you have a big weapon like Stormbreaker that's great for long distance, don't come at me so close, mm-hmm. and knocks him away mm-hmm. far enough that he can shuck Stormbreaker, yeah. and goes, oh, good, now you can use it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so basically, so Thanos very cleverly, um, uh, cleverly, if you're accepting this particular version of Beta Ray Bill as this, not to put too fine a point on it, dumb. Well, but if Beta Ray Bill, because I, I didn't buy yeah, but remember, it. it's not a Beta Ray Bill book. If it was a Beta Ray Bill book, no, he would no, have kicked right, ass but ass I'm not right, but, but this, this is a little dumber than I'm used to seeing Bill. But okay, if you're buying this version of Bill, then yes, Thanos has very cleverly um, neutralized Bill as a threat. So now... Uh, 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 and then he takes out Bill, of course, because he's yep. can't get to his his hammer. Yep. And so that moves us along to the rest of the fight, which is uh, Ronan. Yes, Ronan. Um, which I am also, by the way, as weirded out by seeing Ronan without his helmet on. Yeah. No. That's that's well. I see. He does have his helmet on, kind of. Well, no. In the last panel of it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. He no. He, yeah. And it's because his helmet is so big. His head just looks. Yeah, just realize. seeing him as like a bald, blue, ordinary Cree guy. Cree. Yeah, but um, what we do have here is I, I like the sort of uh, you've got uh, Stormbreaker, which is Bill's hammer, and then you've got that giant like mallet of justice or whatever it's yeah. called that Ronan universal wields. weapon or something. Yeah, it's universal. Called. Yeah, it's called. But it's like that. So you've just basically just all these guys with hammers coming after Thanos, and it's just not working. Which again brings us brings me back to the question I've been asking repeatedly over the course of these episodes, which is like ultimately what's the point of this issue is just to remind everybody that Thanos exists and is kind of a badass. But like, what? What's the what? The, well, we'll get to it at the end. Yes. But anyway, it doesn't work because Thanos is just too badass. He grabs the universal weapon and just friggin' breaks it in half. And then he just kidney mm-hmm. punches Ronan and just beats just beats the crap out of him. Uh-huh, you uh-huh. can see his armor is shattered over mm-hmm. his chest. His helmet is completely knocked off. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you would think at least Storm. I mean, Better Ray Bill's helmet should be a lot easier to knock off. It's just kind of a hat. And now this is a whole helmet, right? And now Thanos swings back to the villain side in a way because, like, while he's been, um, while we've gotten these flashes of him as, like, this semi sort of, like, like, oh, just whatever interests me and it's not necessarily your destruction. Kind of a neutral, so, kind of a neutral thing. And then he's, he's winning us over with the snarky commentary. But now he's getting into this thing where he is just beating the crap out of Ronan mercilessly. And then he actually says, don't fall yet, accuser. This Titan is just beginning to enjoy himself. And it's like, okay, that's the badass Thanos. Yeah. Of, and of then old. he goes back to nor- back to before with Quasar saying, uh-huh. yeah, so what are you going to do, Quasar? Because you, you, know, you know you don't stand a chance against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to try, you want to be, you know, valiant and fall in battle, or are you going to be smart? Basically, basically, Thanos says, and, and do you feel lucky? Punk. Well, do ya? You know, is basically what goes on here. And Warlock, 
of just short circuits Quasar's yeah. immune, or I guess, nervous system, yep. basically to keep him from being beaten to hell. I to like, spare him a savage thrashing. I like the way said. Quasar looks getting electrocuted with yeah. his hair. Yeah, like almost like the Magus. Yeah. Oh, you know, with that with that old fro, you know. Especially considering the hair he has in the panel before. Yeah, exactly. The crew cut. Yeah. So uh, I was not finished with this one. <laughs> I like that. So now they're squabbling again. He's like, I wasn't done, you know, like uh, dishing out the punishment yeah, yet. And Warlock's like, this is not why we're here. Yeah, Remember, yeah. We have to keep moving. He's like, uh, man. And Mystical then I like Daniel says, we're not done with the Annihilators yet. Because then we see the last member show up. Yes. He, his timing is excellent. And the, the, the surfer shows up. And uh, basically, it's more, much like Bill, he's a little more generic than we're used to seeing him lately, but okay, you know, he turns but up. But he also only gets like, he was a little bit more normal in the earlier part of the show. No, 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 that's true. Sharp. And here, Link gets really like three or four panels to talk, so. Right. So I can he, forgive, you know. What, what insane scheme have you come up with this time? You know, rah, 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 so. And then, of course, you get, you know, I love the fact that Thanos is looking forward to this one. Yeah, he yeah, no, now that's more like it. Come on, surfer. Some old-fashioned you know? fighting spirit fueled by righteous indignation. Yeah, it's like, that's what I live on. I'm only happy if someone's trying to kick my ass. <laughs> and then, know? of course, surfer goes, Warlock? Because he's like, wait, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> what? And zappy zap. And and so now Warlock takes up the surfer, and now Thanos is like, you're starting to bit piss me off, Warlock. Now, this is interesting. Explain this to me, because by way of explanation, Warlock says that the surfer has been a trusted ally to both of us in the past. The surfer was an ally to Thanos in the past? I would say more in Infinity War and Crusade, probably. Okay. Um, it's been a while since I've read those, so okay. some of those are a bit more fuzzy in my head. i got to reread them eventually. Not in Gauntlet, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I would say in War and Crusade, because in War and Crusade, Thanos was more on, well, like, again, not good guy side, but mm-hmm. he didn't want the other people to win, those guys right. to win. So he, right. therefore, was more on the side of, you know, heroes gotcha. and villains there. Gotcha. And, and working with Adam and, Sur- and Surfer. So I would say that would be the time period. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something else, but I know it's happened. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was Starlin stuff. So and now now uh, and I like this Thanos is Thanos is he's sort of reasserting himself as like the sort of uh, th- he's sort of reasserting himself as Thanos because you know they they have this little discussion Warlock and him where Warlock's like you know he probably would have killed Galactus's Herald did yeah. you really want to do you that might kill and, and he's Herald. like right, and 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 Thanos is like nah I would have damaged him a little but I know better than to damage someone who's such a valuable asset and I'm yeah. like okay I like this but like Galactus I've always found the surface so easy to manipulate <laughs> yes exactly. Um, so That's anyway, right. oh, and by the way, before we go on further, I just want you to notice when he says Galactus mm-hmm. is Herald. Mm-hmm. Look what Warlock's wearing. Um, what is he wearing? He is not wearing the Guardians of the Galaxy outfit, which he's uh-huh. wearing. He takes oh, off okay. the surfer. He's wearing the the newer outfit. Let's say the new version that we're seeing now. Oh, okay. This because we're the... going to come back to this in about a page or two. We're going to have to jump back yeah. a few pages because of my point, and mm-hmm. this fits with my point as well. So okay. I just want to say. So now they finally. Uh, so now Thanos and Warlock finally make it to this extra dimensional. Uh, Gigaw object thing, the talisman, <laughs> the big brother of the little mini of the little right. mini uh, car version they have, because they are holding the little one that you just kind of hang through your rearview mirror. And this is another great bit of the dry humor that I'm enjoying so much in this issue. Is as soon as they show up, like and and introduce the small trinket to the big version, Thanos begins to disappear from the feet up. Warlock asks without skipping a beat. He says. Uh, transport or discrimination? Disintegration. Titan. And then, uh, or disintegration, Titan. And, and, and Th- Thanos just replies, 
care to join me and find out? It's like, <laughs> damn it, I just came back from the dead two yeah. hours ago, which yeah. I love. That's a line I love. Yeah, like, damn I, it, Thanos. I just came back to life two hours ago, really? Yeah, never mind. Uh, never and so mind. they get, and so. I can just hear that. It's like, <sighs> I can hear the sigh in Warlock. Yeah. Never mind. So now, now, now's where this, this, this graphic novel finally gets to be something a little different and really starts to, to reward the, the cost of admission, yes. so to speak. Because whatever this has is it is transport, not disintegration, and the transport takes them to this sphere surrounded by mirrors and, or like, not mirrors, doorways. but doorways and walkways. And just as the, these two, Walk in like two versions of each of them walk through. Yeah, we have Thanos and the Warlock in the Guardians of the Galaxy outfit, right? And then we have Thanos and the Warlock in the newer outfit that we first see debuting in this issue. Okay, and it says Thanos. One of them says, "Obviously, these are our counterparts from a neighboring dimension," which explains now everything going on in the issue before. We were not looking at Warlock changing. We were the story was jumping. Between dimensions, between, which were experiencing... It was a similar issue, similar up events until this happening. point, <clears throat> identical stories. Pretty much almost identical stories happening in two dimensions. Yes. Which is why, when you look at them, that's why, for instance, now, because Thanos looks the same in both of these. Yes. And obviously the Silver Surfer, then, is going to look the same. So you're never going to know which Surfer. Right. But I looked back through. The Surfer does not talk about being Galactus as Herald in more, you know, in more, pan- in like, uh, continuous panels. There's always a uh. jump. Which means, doesn't matter if the surface is not Galactus' Herald, he just is there. Right, gotcha. There's always a jump thing. And that's why, for instance, <clears throat> it's, the war- it's the warlock who's wearing uh, the new outfit mm-hmm. who says Galactus' Herald. Okay. Not the warlock from the 616 universe. Uh, okay, fact, so the look- warlock from the 616 universe is still the, is the one... In the in the DNA Guardians of the Galaxy, exactly, and outfit. the one with the okay. new outfit is the is the alternate one. Because also, look at Quasar, because Quasar only came in for a few you know for a few pages. Okay, so let's go back here. Look, first appearance. Ah, long Warlock. hair, new outfit for Warlock, long, long hair. hair on Quasar. Okay, it's even just a little minor thing here. Now, that you know, that doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not counting this one because we don't Bill see anybody. Because the... we don't see right. Warlock. That's our main thing. Because most of these characters look the same anyway. Right, exactly. They, they, I mean, these are characters that haven't really changed outfits. And but here, we have Warlock in the DNA, Guardians outfit, short crew cut Quasar. Ah, uh, interesting. I had not noticed that the first time through. I actually just noticed this when reading, rereading last night. Now again, crew cut, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy costume Warlock, mm-hmm. new costume Warlock, long hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So, there, even though... so. Sometimes, a lot, because a lot of these characters don't change. The Silver mm-hmm. Surfer looks the same always. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we're never going to know. Same thing with Thanos. But some characters change that he can do with different costumes too, like mm-hmm. the Guardians of the Galaxy we saw earlier, Drax and Rocket. Right. Or even with Quasar, he just gives long hair, short hair as like a little minor thing to show you these are different people. So we're not go. It's not jumping. Like it's not being inconsistent. We have been just flipping back and we're forth. We're watching a universes. similar story happening in two universes. Gotcha. Which I think explains the majority of any inconsistency that's happened. The issue. The only thing I'm not sure about is how Thanos came from. The statue form he was in the end of um, the Infinity crossover right. to this, but since he's also appeared in New Avengers, uh-huh. it had to be somewhere, right? And I'm not throwing that therefore on Starlin because obviously if he's being used by other people, because uh-huh. Hickman's using him now. Okay, he's in Namor's Cabal. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I won't say more since that's uh, that's uh, what's that? Uncanny event? No, Uncanny Avengers. New Avengers. Remender. New Avengers is Hickman. Yeah, and Thanos has been in there an issue or two of that recently. So obviously. 
I'm not throwing that on Starlin mm-hmm. because obviously he had been back at some form or another. Mm-hmm. Or if even they haven't shown that, Marvel's planned on the fact that Thanos is back. They just haven't planned, you know, like, we'll, we'll show it later, but he's back. Mm-hmm. So therefore, as far as I'm concerned, at least any of the inconsistencies that we've had in the issue are explained right here. Right, and they, I never felt they were, they were too deliberate to, for me to view them as inconsistencies. Yeah, they were clearly deliberate, and so I, I uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so so, and I thought that's a pretty cool way of doing it. And I like, and again, the dry humor. I suppose I, we should be grateful that only four of us showed up. Yes, <laughs> and then the Thanoses have their own little powwow. Yeah, do we need to fight each other? No, I think there's enough power here. We're both because now that sort of that sort of uh, a slight uh, reminds me somewhat of the Thanos annual. Remember where he yes. sort of went up against different versions of himself. Well, yeah, the past version of himself one tried to steal the Infinity Gauntlet right. from the Infinity Gauntlet. And so he one. had to sort of defeat himself. Yes, he yeah. had to make himself behave. Yeah, and here they're both like, eh, we really, I don't see a reason for conflict because there's enough power for both of us right here. Yep, exactly. To do what we need to do, we both have a goal. There's enough power for both of us to achieve our goal, so there's no reason to beat the crap out of each other. Right, exactly. All right, good enough. Now we're back to a slightly uh, what was been crazing me, which is again. Um, the plot, the, the 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 motivations of the motivating um, impetus of the entire issue has been very poorly defined for me so far. It's like I've I've had to suspend a lot of disbelief to come along this I far in this ideas, issue. But we have to wait till the end of the book because it's gonna be no no no. no right. I actually I'm just saying as a reader, reasons for what, the story. As a reader, I have been drawn this far along in the story by um, having to suspend a lot of disbelief and and having to choose to come along with it because so far the motivation of something's happening and I want to find out what it is has been kind of thin to my eyes and that would sort of reminded us here when one Thanos says like you I but follow the siren call of cataclysmic change and it's like that's a meaningless phrase to me but I'm still yes. going along with it so but yeah like I said uh, I rereading it again there's three I things I think are possible reasons for the story mm-hmm you just got to get to the end, though, to get to them. They don't give... You know, it's not one of those things where you find out early. Mm-hmm. You really don't get an idea what they are until, like, almost the last page. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the warlocks have a, have a, have a little powwow. Yes. And they- I don't think my Thanos is, is working with malice in this. He's just... He's genuinely curious. Yes, but he is the Thanos, the Mad Titan, so we should probably keep an eye on him he's nevertheless. Like, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, there we he's go. He's like, my plan is to keep an eye, see what he's doing. If he does anything, hopefully I can jump in and stop Exactly. Him. That's pretty much my plan, too. And I like the... the right, but... Uh, which just begs the question, why does Thanos... Remind me why Thanos is keeping Warlock around in both these versions? He likes him. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. The same reason that Adam just, you know, does hang out with Thanos at times and... When Thanos was going away, he went, okay, and he came with him when he wasn't sure of his disintegration or teleportation. So they have these little powwows. They're kind of, they're friends, but he's like, you know, like we said, it's almost yeah. like a sibling relationship. It's like, yeah, it's my brother, but I also know my brother's kind of a dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm fine with spending time with him and hanging out and doing whatever, but I also want to make sure my brother doesn't do anything too dickish. Mm-hmm. Because he will. I like my brother, but I also know what my brother's capable of. But and... sometimes my brother needs to get kicked in the ass. You know, exactly. he's good ass kicking. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Now, so after they have these little powwows, the pairs, the pair of pairs. And the Thanoses seem to be they charging up. They charge up their little talismans by the big globe. Yeah, and then they just part ways. Yeah, they go now, back are, from this point forward, are we once again plunged into flip-flopping between yes. parallel 
uh, versions. Yep, okay. At least, yep, because you keep seeing which them makes, jumping which, back and forth in the warlock costumes. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. So we see what both of them are doing. Basically, both Thanoses now are doing the same thing. In fact, I'm just going to say Thanos and Warlock. Because really, they're doing the ex- almost the, ex- the parents doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. with only very you know maybe very minor variations of dialogue if they were saying Galactus is Herald as opposed to maybe just saying the Surfer, but that doesn't even happen here. Now this is so so now they're back in the chamber with the with the with the thingy. Yes. And do do they have to do anything else with the thingy? Do you think I they go? Yeah, they, I, or they was go that outside. just for getting them? Was that just for getting them to and from the? Uh, the, the sphere. The sphere. Yeah, that just got them to the sphere. Oh, charge okay. up the mini. So thingy. now, now he wants to go above ground again. Yes, and now he okay. goes outside, where where Druggy Boy is still hanging around, which is yes. just so odd. And I don't know. He goes the birds. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see anything about birds mm-hmm. mentioned or in the panel, so I don't. I don't know if either it's just random words from tripping, or maybe something that you know, Thanos or Warlock says in here is actually a is actually a lyric from a song by the Birds uh, with a Y. Uh, just, yeah, but because I don't possible. know their catalog, it's not like I know they exist. I can't really remember. No, I know I know songs that's by a, them. That would be, but I don't know off the top of my head. Like, oh, that's a Bird song, right? Right. You know, but I know I've heard stuff by them. I only know two so, songs by them: "Turn, Turn, Turn" and Eight Miles High." That's a turn, turn, turns then. But it's possible that one of these lines maybe is similar. That could be to something that what they said, and that's why we had druggy, you know, ex hippie boy going the birds. Like you're quoting birds, dude. Now, but this Thanos, which due to the. Uh, Based on the based on the outfit of the warlock with him, I'm I'm taking to be the six sixteen Thanos. Yeah, because he has red around his neck. Exactly. So I'm he's saying this is not a happenstance of my making warlock. I'm just you know um, I'm just following the instructions from a higher power. This is a line. Did you ever think you'd hear Thanos say this line? For now, Thanos of Titan serves a greater good. Well, that's uh, that's to be fair. The first time Warlock and Thanos did, he did it. He did then too. I suppose I, that's that's fair. At least um, in their first time of meeting back in the seventies, Thanos was more on the side of good than bad. So now he says, "Let it begin." See, so I do have to say, I'm ha- this is this is there's a like the end of this page, the, like the bottom of the, the page we were just on, and the top of the next page. There's a lot of hand wavy stuff going on here because basically he's like, "I do but follow the whispered instructions of a higher power." First of all, that's new. Second of all, he's not telling us what. The those instructions are but third of all has that been all along or is it um i'm kind of going with now of course new this is me guessing, or... but i'm just going from the story from the lyric from not the lyrics the lines yeah. have been written mm-hmm. thanos earlier just felt something off and wrong and was okay. just got, trying to figure out what it was and followed the clues to the badoon homeworld. right got the train you know wait he fought, went to mistress that followed the clues of getting of the coordinates mm-hmm. in the box got to the got to the found the box uh-huh Figured out that they were coordinates. Went to the planet, mm-hmm. found the big version, and then I think once he got there and found the sphere, which kind of looks like, oh, mm-hmm. that's probably at the point where he was like, you know, maybe I don't know whether he got whispered or just kind of got planted in his brain of, all right, go outside and do this. Okay, because now he's like, because let it begin. He holds up the talisman and he says, bear witness to rebirth. And it's like, oh, now you've got information all and of a I sudden. Th- but he didn't have information before finding the sphere thing. I, I suppose that's, that's... So that's, to me, that's kind of where it comes from. I suppose that's fine, but... Um, I I mean, okay. I, I guess I will buy that, but it still seems a little hand-wavy to me. Yeah, but, but no, I'm not arguing with that, but 
I try. You know, I'm just looking to see when did he start and, doing this and what has what changes happened since he started. And it stays kind of vague going forward because he's like, the universe is transmogrified by my hand. What have you done? I have opened the floodgates of change. That's still very vague. It's like yeah, to me, it almost seemed. And it, to me, the lines here are so different though. Like mm-hmm. from before, where he was not sure what was going on, and now he's sure mm-hmm. that something had to make him be sure. Now, all of a now sudden. it's now it's just us who isn't sure, and that just irritates yes. me. Yes, I understand. I, I'm not saying that's wrong either. I'm <laughs> just saying that's my theory is that it's come once he got to the sphere and charged it up. Like, he as was, long as he didn't know I was fine to go along with it. Yeah. But once he figured it out, since he's been the protagonist of the entire novel... See, that, that to me, this just gets into sort of uh, basic storytelling theory, I suppose, or, or as, as far as I'm concerned. I think about this a lot, because as a guy who reads a lot, both, you know, prose and, and, and comics, I like to think a lot about why I like or don't like the things that I like or don't like. I don't just like to say, hey, I didn't like that. I like to try and figure out, well, what was about it that yes. worked so well for me? Well, it's easier from... to find stuff that you'll like in the future or avoid stuff you won't. Exactly. So one thing that very much... Um, irritates me. We've gotten the whole thing where, where Thanos has our, been our protagonist for the whole graphic novel, so to speak. So we've been following him, we've been following him, we've been privy to his thoughts, so to speak, at least insofar as he's speaking them, and we've been following him around. It's a Thanos graphic novel. He's the title character, he's the protagonist. So he goes through this entire... So we, so then we are presented with a mystery. Thanos wants to solve the mystery. Thanos goes through all of these things and now that it appears that he has solved the mystery, we, the reader, are still in the dark. And that, to me, is the author needlessly withholding information. And that is, is, is what breaks the contract with the reader for me. It's like when you start a story, the way you set up the story sort of creates a contract with the reader. Here are the questions I'm presenting you with. Here are the characters and the events and whatnot that will proceed from this. And over the course of, with these characters, through these events, I will answer these questions that I set up. You know, I will address these questions. And, and in this case, it feels like it, it, we've, we've just, like, had a bait and switch. So I'm, I'm really, I, I have to say, at this point in the graphic novel, I'm feeling very dissatisfied as a reader because I feel like at this point, Starlin has decided, yeah, I know you were going along with the process of discovery um, uh, with Thanos, but uh, I'm just going to keep that information to myself now. Ha ha. And that, that bothers me. So okay. anyway, no, that's fine. digression aside, but right now at this you're, point... And you're... Hey, that's that, that means you're, doesn't mean you're wrong. That Thanos is doing whatever the sure. hell it is he's doing, and I'm sitting here like, what the F is going on? So. Yeah. So anyway, but what is going on is apparently all of a sudden big storm pops up, mm-hmm. and then it looks like the entire planet gets kablooied. Mm-hmm. And, and, and once again, we have the druggy dude running around... Hellmel in the background with nary a like he, he, it's very slapsticky because he runs around with his arms thrust out in front of him and he's just like it's like it's like an old cartoon character panicking and just running, running in circles. circles. I love him. Love it. I love it. It's hilarious. You know? And we get what looks like that. Like I said, the planet destroyed, and then it looks like we get other planets and suns, and then mm-hmm. everything basically goes to white. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the universe goes away. Mm-hmm. And then we get a redo of the first page mm-hmm. of the white. And then uh, the and uh, I think I mentioned this the first time we saw it, and I just need to reiterate it here because it has been a few uh, episodes um, that this first like burst of universe in uh, the second panel here um, just really really reminds me of the uh, hundred and sixty eight thousand eight hundred and thirty three dimensional snowflake that was central to the uh, the authority and planetary. Oh yeah, you're right. 
just just something I, like I said. I think I mentioned it before, but it uh, it's similar to the first page, but different. Yeah. But instead of the Living Tribunal, we get Thanos. Thanos. Face. So now the Phoenix of Reality rises from the ashes of never was. This dawning moment is built on infinite, instantly created yesterday. This is the sort of metaphysical, flowery bullshit <laughs> that Starlin has specialized in since. You know, his Captain Marvel days. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a fun concept. You know, the universe is created now, but it's old. Yeah. So even though it's brand new, it still has a history. So now he is the universe? Is that what I meant to uh, understand here? Yeah, you see now on this page, you see Warlock, but it's the other Warlock. Right. It is. It is. is. And uh, and he's talking to giant floaty Thanos head. Right. Which which I'm guessing I am now universal and all that is is Thanos, which means that the entire universe... Solidified and personified itself into a giant head in order just to terrorize alternate Adam. <laughs> and vice versa. Because if you go to the next versa. page, we have giant warlock head ah, against Thanos. Ah, interesting. And you see what Th- this Thanos says the fates have instead chosen Adam Warlock to be this reality soul. Mm-hmm. So it looks like in both their realities, one of them was chosen to be the soul, the heart of the universe. Of that now, is this reality. different? Not to get too into the weeds of cosmic Marvel minutiae here, but is this in place of uh, eternity? Maybe. But we do see Eternity and Infinity coming up. Okay. So they are in here still. Okay. Because these, uh, these, I'm never sure like what these like. I think no, no. I think Eternity is the personification of the universe, mm-hmm. but he is not the heart of the universe. He is just like the. Uh, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago. This is hand wavy in the extreme, but but yeah. So we have one reality in the other reality. Thanos is the heart of the is the. And what I like is what I like is this Thanos decides, even though clearly, you know, Warlock has has been chosen to be this reality soul, he goes on and says, No, no, I'm not gonna stand for this. It's like you have got to love the arrogance of a character who decides that he is owed the embodiment of the universe. Like, like, no, no, it's supposed to be I'm not gonna stand for this. I'm gonna walk right up to the universe and make it choose me instead. Yes. Like like, the arrogance is just beyond description there. And he is able to get himself to... We got a lot of very sort of walking through these very Ditko-esque uh, uh, mystical landscapes. And we see the, uh, the, the, uh, the universe that apparently is formed around Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's very uh, twisted. And we also have a lot of little scenes like from Warlock's the, past. We have a couple of statues of Gamora. This is the, oh, really? Yeah, this is the kind of... That's the kind of crap that... Uh, that um, uh, uh, Ditko used to do in Doctor Strange back in the sixties. Yes. We got one. Of the, we got one of the evil clowns from Strange Tales. Uh huh. We got what looks like Pip the Troll. Mm-hmm. We got. I think that was in the Star Thief issues. Okay. Okay. We got the. Uh, I don't see the Magus, but that is definitely. We've got the strange disembodied the, lips and yeah. teeth. We got the, the goddess, and 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 we have a DNA helix. Yes. Um. And we also have. Uh, looks like Eon. Uh huh. And then we definitely have the face of a, one of the um, the members of the Universal Church of Truth who ends up being inside Adam's soul. I gem. haven't seen that bit yet, so... But yeah, he's... You'll like, once you read that, you recognize him. And one thing I never see in stuff referencing Adam's past, which uh-huh. is kind of a little disappointing since I'm reading them now, is none of the kids from Counter-Earth. None of the uh-huh. friends from Counter-Earth. You never, yeah, no, you never like, see we, those anymore. Once they finish the Counter-Earth story, no one cares. Yeah, no, that one went all the way. Starlin reinvented everything from that point on. But not just... Re- and that's fine, but he it's not even, barely even references that. He even brings up Man-Thing... Man-Thing. Man-Beast comes back, mm-hmm. but not them. 
Like, mm-hmm. nah, don't care about them anymore. And then as uh, we, we move on, we've got the big old um, um, staircases going in every direction. Classic M.C. Escher looking uh Yes, because Thanos uh, is exploring bit. this world. Mm-hmm. And we see three of, I'd say, the bigger versions of Adam. Mm-hmm. The most the more important ones. Now, this is this was again a bit of a storytelling misstep for me because at this point he's walking through this reality and Thanos says now now we're you feel like you know you, we know from what we're looking at here in the the we're, that we're sort of coming we're, we're moving on like we're coming up into like the climax so the the tension and the action should be rising and yet here's the point at which Thanos says familiarizing myself with the present circumstances seems the sanest course of action. It's like, yes, let's pause and, and establish a new status quo here. It's like, I don't know, I don't, that just doesn't seem like, like like good, clean storytelling to me, but that's just me, you know? Okay. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. So we got the three versions of Adam, the three faces of Eve. <laughs> a great, great line here. Of course, where Adam Warlock is involved, sanity is a rather tenuous measure. It's like, like yeah, just acknowledging, yeah, pretty much throughout his existence, Warlock's been a bit of, of, of a drama queen. Yeah, he's a bit nuts. Yeah. And then Nathaniel goes around and he sees people, finally. Mm-hmm. And he try, but they all look kind of like a zombie statue not yeah. zombies but like uh, hypnotized almost yeah yeah they're all in robes and yeah they and all they're doing of... is climbing this giant tower mm-hmm. jumping to their deaths yes then being healed getting up and walking back up again and is there any real per- and yeah again we're getting into that that very um um characteristic starlin melodrama like like philosophizing is there any real purpose to this bizarre existence yep so yeah Thanos is watching these people go up there and I like his reason you know his, at least his um, guess for it uh-huh. is that um, it says a comedy of sacrifice and redemption forever playing out and Warlock had the impudence to question. Oh, that's not. My, this is so basically. That's not what, what he says here. He says in another page, though. It's basically. I think he said. Uh, this I think. Else. I think the idea I'm getting of, here. It's a replay is, of Warlock on because Warlock. Warlock is the soul of this universe, and, and therefore dies and comes back. Dies and comes back. Right. And so back. his his insanity is making this an insane universe. So are we? Supposed everyone to, dies and comes back. Are we supposed to accept? Are we supposed to understand that this is the reality of this universe? Yes. I mean, this, this, all Stalin gets so metaphysical that it's hard to tell because what's actually, he actually happening. He actually finds Eternity, okay. who is basically a bum. Yeah. Basically, Eternity is something like a bum. And Eternity says, Lunacy reigns supreme. Mm-hmm. Every planet is the same. All civilizations are now like this. Adam Warlock's twisted worldview has become the universe's perspective. Now, this is Thanos exploring alternate atoms. Yeah. Because, um, as he said, Adam Warlock is clearly no rock upon which to build a church or world or anything else. Hmm. Because Adam... <laughs> Because hmm. Adam is apparently, if you're going to need somebody to be a soul of reality, probably not somebody who's kind of cra- who's generally crazy, crazy, and not altogether put together entirely too tightly. Yeah, and obviously, this is what happens when you make Adam Warlock the core of your reality. Mm-hmm. Your reality is screwed up. Screwed up. That makes perfect sense. And so, yeah, I think that that finally makes some sense to me. Although in the next episode we can talk about uh, exactly what the point of it all was. Yeah, and actually it makes sense also for this part at least because Adam Warlock dies always, then he comes back, mm-hmm. and it's usually coming back when there's a big conflict happening, mm-hmm. something big. He has to fight, and usually half the time he's dead. Not to you know he's around for fighting, fight, 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 and then eventually he'll he die, dies. and then comes back to fight, 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 and that's why like the people are just all they do is we walk up, we jump and die, get up. Do it again. Do it again. Exactly. Die, get up. Wash. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Uh, because he has nothing else. 
And it, now, because he really I'm, never ha- really, there's and I'm wondering, gets a life. Is, and I'm wondering, is that Starlin is is Starlin making a larger point with this, or is he merely commenting on the weird uh, repetitiveness of Warlock's existence as a fictional character? Hmm, probably both. Well, okay, Possibly. could be. But yes, we're going to. But given to... how much of it Starlin himself is responsible for, I'm wondering how. Uh, Aware he would be of that. Anyway, that's that's a question for another time. Yes, because unfortunately, though, like we said, because of dicking around too much in the last episode. Yes, we didn't have enough time to finish up now. So this has got to go through five. So parts. please join us on the next episode of Resurrections, the <laughs> Infinity Revelation podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, no, poor 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 Al's going to drop drop himself off a bridge now. He's <laughs> no. Are you kidding? Five episodes? We, you can't complain. You, you I'm complain not complaining at all. But, but I'm saying, you can't complain about what you paid for the book because you definitely got money or getting money's worth out of it. No, that is that is absolutely <laughs> true. But I feel like we've just bucks. taken over your whole podcast. That's it's okay. Like, but it's not like you made you pay 20 bucks to do something for one ep- uh, one hour of work and then that's it. It's like, I pay 20 bucks for which one is hour. What I, which is what I thought I was doing originally. So this is true. No, 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 no. You got five. So it's at least like... Two or three dollars for an episode. Cool. Cool. All right. We'll take it. We'll be back soon. Um, I'm going to, because Brian has to leave now, so I'm going to put in the remaining stuff of the episode, and then we'll be back with uh, Brian next time. Yes. See you next time. All right. It started in November 2010, when one guy decided it was time to show the denizens of the internet that there was more to Superman's adventures from the 70s and early 80s than Alan Moore and Kryptonite Nevermore. Now, three and a half years later, that mission continues. This is Superman. Superman. In the Bronze Age. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and every week I shine the spotlight on this long-overlooked era on Superman in the Bronze Age. Join in the fun at www.supermaninthebronzeage.com and www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. As we have said in the last three parts, this issue is only available in two formats, either the original hardcover or digitally on Comicology. And we will cover Adam's friends and powers next time. But for now, we have an email to read. And this email comes from James T. And he says, Hey, just want to let you know, I really enjoyed episode 12. Thanos is my favorite villain, and it was fun to revisit his first appearance. I know you are on a lot of podcasts, but Thanos is a character that could have his own show dedicated just to him. 
I'm looking forward to hearing your next episode and what you think of Starlin's return to the character. Keep up the good work, James T. P.S. The outtakes at the end were hilarious. James, thanks for the kind words. I'm glad you enjoyed the outtakes. I'm pretty sure by the end of recording episode 12, both Chris and I were both a few beers deep, so you're lucky it made any sense at all. <laughs> anyway, I like your idea about Thanos being a character who could have a show in his own right. I might have some thoughts about that. But before any thinking, I think it's time to wrap up this episode. So remember, you can find Brian with me talking about other comics on Four Color Fanboys. And besides iTunes, you can also find that at fourcolor.podwits.com. Brian's also on Wahoo, a Sergeant Fury podcast, in which he and co-host Dion talk about the Silver Age World War II adventures of Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos. Wahoo can be found on iTunes or at furycast.podwits.com. Speaking of that word, Podwits, that's the name of the main show that you can hear Brian on, as well as Dion and their other co-host, Jay Marcus, the Podwits, talking about all matter of things. Podwits can be found on iTunes or at podwits.com. As for me, you can also find me on Four Carla Fanboys with Brian, like I said earlier. You can also find me on Podrec with my co-host, The Buck, on buckodstuff.com. And finally, you can hear me with Chris, like I said, from episode 12, on the Invincible Ironcast at invincibleironcast.com. Finally, you too can send in an email like James and have read on the show. Just send an email to resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. You can also leave a message on the show's Facebook page or Tumblr page. The Tumblr page is resurrectionspodcast.tumblr.com. Or while you're on Facebook, just go to the white search box up top and type in the name of the show. Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast, and Facebook Magic does the rest. Or just leave a review on iTunes. I like that. No one's done that in a while, and that would be cool. Alright, I think that's a long enough closing. Uh, the show's going to be back in about a week or two with episode 19, and John Wilson will be back, and we're going to cover Warlock number 3. So we'll see you then. Whoops, I almost forgot something. About the same time the last episode came out, I also did a guest appearance on another podcast. The guys from Tales from the Lombox were kind enough to have me on their show for a bit of comic retailer talk. Episode 170, to be exact. You can find them at talesfromthelombox.com backslash the show, or look them up on iTunes. Or just look in the show notes, because I have a link there. Check out their other episodes, too. It's worth a listen. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at pizzaproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, is a fan-made production. And as a fan-made production... No copyright or trademark infringement is intended, nor is any profit made. Go bug those guys at Four Color Fanboys who want to bug somebody's money. Ah, crap.
<sighs> so I, I've got the uh, the digital version all dialed up and looking all pretty and pixelated on my Kindle Fire. And I have uh, the... and you have the pr- the old fashioned Dead Tree edition. Yes. <laughs> I'm about to get eaten my strip my flesh stripped by the Boston Narada. Yeah, the Boston Narada will find you and look at what you have done. We were watching that this weekend. Ah, good, good. Uh, not not the best Moffat episodes ever, but decent. We were... Meanwhile, we were dealing with the uh, season finale of series eight, which we was. Are... Which we're was, up, almost up to that one. Yeah, we're, it no, was, we're halfway. We're right. We have to do next one is the Mummy on the Orient. Mummy Express. on the Orient Express. Okay, he's funny though. He's great. He's I love the hell out of him. I'm distracted. Capaldi, right? Yeah. Distracted by. Uh, there's always something. Yes, there's always something. <laughs> oh, I love. No, I, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of him. Story. Well, I'm I'm saving most of my thoughts because on my uh, on my one of my other podcasts, the old original Podwitz podcast, uh, we do a year in Who. Yes, each year after the uh, at the at the end of the season, and you know of late it's basically devolved into uh, me and uh, Jay Marcus just sort of screaming at each other. I liked it. Well, I didn't. Well, I did. Well, I did. Um, we're trying <laughs> desperately to figure out how not to do that this year around. That's right. Um, I remember because I think he didn't like the Moffat like almost like fairy tale type he, thing. He and... doesn't like the Moffat thing. He he doesn't care for the Moffat style of who. At all. He likes the Doctors themselves, but he is not a fan of the storytelling style at all. He misses the Russell T. Davies uh, uh, era very badly. Uh, me, I'm a, I am will be the first to admit that uh, the uh, Stephen Moffat era has had some, some issues in terms of storytelling clarity and tightness of vision and focus. But overall, I've been much more amenable to it than he has. So basically, we just wind up going back and forth. But uh, anyway, now that season season 8 is over, it's uh, time for us to start thinking. So look for that one at podwits.com very soon. Uh, but uh, not quite yet, because uh, I'm, still, I'm still processing the season finale. It was... <sighs> It was a lot to process. And that's all I'm going to say because you haven't seen it yet. Yes, I know. Hopefully soon. It's a nice little end cap. So, a nice little end cap. Going five parts. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah. We don't have enough time to finish. No, no, no. Not, not the book, but I figured we could come to a point where we oh, could yeah, wrap I'm it saying, up. Oh, yeah. I'm so. saying... <laughs> No, I know, I know. I figured, given how much time we wasted in the last episode, I had a feeling we made a lot of progress in this episode. Yeah, we This is the kind of thing last episode was meant to be. But anyway, so I will let you wrap it up. But So I'll say, yeah, we'll finish up this page.